Hey guys, this is Zainab Hamid, and you're listening to No Nazar, the show where we spill the chai on what it's really like to be South Asian. This is the No Nazar show, where we'll talk about how you're fly, and if you really feel alone, just tune in and sip some chai. about 12 or 13 when I heard my first grime song. I didn't even know that it was grime or what the grime genre was, but all I knew was that I loved it. It was Dizzy Rascal's I Love You that ignited a lot of feelings for me. Now, I know some of you who are listening may not know exactly what the grime genre is, but you probably listen to it in one way or another. Take, for example, Drake's latest album, More Life, that actually featured two of Grimes' biggest giants, Skepta and Giggs. Grime began in the early 2000s in East London as an underground movement that drew inspiration not only from dancehall, UK garage music and hip-hop, but from its very surroundings. Grime, like rap, was a product of its environment. However, the lyrics revolved around depicting this life as it was. It wasn't about image necessarily, but about individual truths and hardships. Grime MCs never spat bars about a collective voice. It was always about themselves and the issues that they faced. Grime MCs like Kano, Wiley, Dizzy Rascal, Skepta and Lethal Bizzle helped take Grime from its pirate radio roots to chart-topping hits in the UK. And the scene is still more lively than ever. With each passing year, there seems to be a new voice, a new experience. The only requirements being just spit well. Yo, you're not bad because he did one crime and you feel like nine. You're not bad because you like Skepturing your balls off grind. You're not bad because you smoke one split for your sniff one line. Nah, don't get, don't get, don't get, don't get. Now, before I start the show, I just want to make one thing very clear. Grime music has been influenced, pioneered, and continued by the UK black community and its various cultures. And to say that it doesn't, or it won't, is incredibly disingenuous and disrespectful. So me making this episode isn't me trying to commodify or profit off of the black experience in any way, shape or form. It's just the first in a sort of sporadic series of episodes on what it means to be British Asian and how Asians in the UK have integrated into different communities all over. So I do kind of put this out there with the greatest respect. If it does offend you, please let me know. I am more than happy to discuss it and admit any faults or work on those faults. Um, But I think that's about it from me, so let's just get on with the show.
Hi guys, I'm sitting with R1, who's a grime MC from North London, and he's part of a crew called Stainless, who have a weekly segment on Don City Radio. How are you, R1? I'm not too bad, thanks. Thank you. So what got you into the grime scene originally? It's something I've kind of always been, like, I don't know if I've always been involved in it, but it's something I've always, like, had a massive interest in. I mean, growing up, grime music was sort of all around me. The culture was all around me. It's just sort of something I just naturally fell into, I think. Um, I mean, I remember being in school and we used to, like, spit bars in the playground. Like, we used to rap in the playground of instrumentals. And it just sort of went from there. Like, I never really took it seriously back then. It was always just, like, a little, you know what I mean? Like, a little pastime, a little hobby. I think about last year is when it got, you know, it got to a point where a lot of people were telling me, you know, you're, you're quite good at this. You should sort of pursue it a bit, a bit more seriously. And, yeah, I mean, I did. And from there, it's sort of just... You know, I wouldn't say it's taken off yet, but you know, it's it's going it's going in to in a good direction. I think I feel like you're happy to call this your career now. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a full time MC. There's a lot of other things I I do, <clears throat> and I wouldn't ever. Say, I don't know. I don't see myself doing this like as my sort of main thing. I'm a, I'm the kind of guy I've always got my like you know my finger in quite a few different pies. Yeah, and I I would say that I am like a professional MC now. Um, even if it's not just the only thing I do, it, I do take this quite seriously. So what would you say your style is heavily influenced by? I'd say the people around me mostly. You know, everyone that I do this with, they're mostly just my friends. Growing up, I used to listen to like a lot of people from the ends, like people from uh, the area I was growing up in. Just apart from that, just grime scene originators, people that, you know, started this whole genre. Um, but it's got to the point now where instead of it being people that I used to look up to now, it's just my peers. You know, I've got a lot of friends who I consider really good at what they do and they sort of inspire me and motivate me and push me. You know, I learn a lot from them indirectly. I see what they're doing and I try to emulate it or I see, you know, they're, they're making themselves better. So I look at myself and see, you know, how can I make myself better? And I think that it's quite good for me because, you know, when you're, when you're, the person that motivates you is sitting right next to you and you can see them, like, firsthand, it really it is a massive help. My flow is the sickest, that man there went over the limit It's a gimmick, their bars ain't never been the biggest Are you kidding? They don't get rated by women When I touch my best, listen for a minute Cause when I touch my, I can get taken by spirits My draw for the bat, but I ain't playing cricket Can I, can I, can I get a witness? Hype pop, everything dead, your life dead Your boss dead, your flow dead Your boy's dead, your girl's dead Your life is a shake, your mom is a skit Your dad is a beg, nine ain't blessed Pop out your chest, but if you're on the roads Better know you could die in a sec, so so a lot of the grime scene is kind of influenced by people sort of speaking about their hardships and yeah. most of the people in the grime scene are black or Afro-Caribbean yeah. uh, and there's not a lot of British Asian uh, grime MCs or people in the game I think there's you there's someone else I think up north and then you said there's I remember we were speaking you said there was a female MC as well so how do you feel like your background as a British Asian kind of figure into your sound and the motivation behind your lyrics? Does I think it does bring a different angle to it. I mean, there's things that obviously I've been through that a lot of other people in the gram scene haven't been through, but that would also apply for the you know the other way around where they've they've been through things that I haven't that I haven't been through. So you know it's good because it it sort of it just adds a different angle. Uh, for the music is something that 
you know everyone can sort of learn from and you know if if I'm putting my experiences in in a song someone else can listen to it and you know they might be able to relate they might not but they'll they'll be able to relate relate to the sound and they'll understand you know this guy's part of the culture but he's been through something different to what I've been through and you know I think it's I think it's healthy for the scene I do think it is um I have noticed is there there aren't many Asian MCs at all you're right but yeah, I, I do. I do feel like that number is growing because I have I have heard about a lot more Asian MCs re- recently. Like there's um there's one in Manchester I heard of. I can't remember his name now, but there's also there's these twins in Leicester, I think, and they're doing their thing as well. So it is something that's definitely rising. It, it definitely is. There's a lot more Asians involved in the scene than it used to be. What sort of unique experiences do you bring to the scene? I'm not sure specifically. I think, um, you know, obviously you'll understand as well. It's it's more of just like an Asian thing. You know, there's a lot of things that we go through that a lot of other people don't go through, you know, with like family stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just stuff like that in general. I'm not really sure specifically at the moment, but it's something that I'm pretty sure you'll be able to will come across in my music at some point or another absolutely i think that uh there is a lot to be said about kind of the british asian experience specifically in london because i think that often both communities both british asian communities and uh, british afro communities have always been kind of tied together in some way and usually i think the unifying thing element there has been you know stories of immigration having uh, parents who are first or second generation struggling yeah. harder and stuff like that so it is interesting to kind of hear that yeah there is there is still a difference there is absolutely still a difference do you feel like grime has given you that outlet to really speak on that uh, absolutely i mean a grime mu- music in general not just grime i mean i do i do you know rap and hip-hop and other genres as well like drum and bass and that kind of thing. It's not just gram. I'd say gram is my main thing. But I think music in general, it definitely has helped me in a lot of ways. It's it's sort of like a... I think everyone... Well, not everyone, but I think a lot of people, they need some sort of way to express themselves. And usually it's a creative type of art form. And for me, it just happens to be music. For someone else, it might be writing or for someone else, it might be drawing or whatever. But I feel like... A lot of people need that in their life to sort of help them cope sometimes, um, even if it's nothing major that they're trying to cope with, but everyone needs their sort of stress relief or something to help them, you know, something to help them tick, really. And, yeah, I think music's definitely done that for me. It really has. Yo. In hard times, real G's don't fold in hard times We're meant to be strong, live a fast life But get no help, that's the downside Like really cause I tried hard, I Don't wanna see mum cry again, I Can't stand that sight when a blind eye Shit cut so deep like a dog bite This girl took me to the seaside Still think about her on a weeknight Like more time I wish I could rewind Cause she was the brains that was streetwise And I still think about the big brown eyes Every time that I wanna take my life Cause real G's don't fold in hard times but all one has had bare dark nights i'm just a young g with an old mind still can't believe the shit i see online bare hate in the world apartheid you're meant to get yours i get mine bare shit rappers get co-signed bare shit tra- so um recently and i don't know if you heard about this uh mia who's very popular obviously um tamil yeah. artist she was tweeting something about carnival because right now in London is the big Nottingham Festival. Yeah, is... that, that, that was good actually. I, I enjoyed carnival. <laughs> okay, we'll leave. We can leave the details to your. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. But, um, you know, she tweeted something quite silly. She said, oh, Carnival's got its roots in India because of some sort of silliness or whatever. And right. understandably, everyone started responding to her going, like, really, what are you talking about? And then she tweets out, oh, you know, don't you understand? It's a joke from goodness gracious me. It still kind of opened up that old sort of chestnut that, you know, uh, a lot of non-black people of colour who are in sort of black-dominated fields are often accused of cultural appropriation or even, like, um, profiting off of, you know, the black experience. So have you kind of faced that that criticism yourself or... What, how would you respond if you were to face that criticism? I mean, this whole, uh, I don't know. I mean, personally, when it comes to cultural appropriation, I, I do feel like, I, not always, I do understand it, but I feel like sometimes it can be political correctness gone mad a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I mean, if you look at Stainless Crew, I mean, it's seven of us, four of which are white, two black, and then I'm, I'm Asian. So it's you know there's a there's a mix of us and I do, I wouldn't say that at any point race has been a factor in any of our any of our careers you know there's we you know we've got white black and Asian in the group and we we all bring something different to the table and we've all been part of the same sort of lifestyle we've all been part of the same culture so I wouldn't ever say it's cultural appropriation because when it comes to grime it's always been a culture and we've always all of us have all been involved in it so I don't I, I, when it comes to that kind of thing, I don't know. I feel like sometimes it can be taken out of proportion, and it, people, you know, it is a lot of people just like having something to complain about. I don't really see it in the grime scene anyway, because since grime began, it's it's had white people in the scene. Mm-hmm. It's had, you know, it's had. I don't know about Asians back in the day. I know Rude Kid has been involved for a long time, and a few other uh, Asian people. But <clears throat> apart from, you know, the, there's been white and black in grime since it was born so i don't i don't really see that being much of a much of an issue there i can see w- where it's got mia into trouble but at the same time i feel like people I, you know i didn't see that you I only just found out about it now when you told me but i do feel like m- maybe there's something i'm missing but it does look like people are just overreacting from my point of view i don't know it's interesting a few months ago i was watching this documentary on um sort of the just asians in the uk in the 80s and right. um, there was one segment that really caught my interest where there was this uh, DJ who was Pakistani. No, not even Pakistani. He was Bengali. And um, he was DJing in a club and he had kind of interspersed dancehall music with techno with like old Bollywood tracks. Well, old to us anyway, but what were the recent hot Bollywood tracks of the time? And right. it's interesting because that was in the 80s and you still see like, and he was only, must have been first or second generation and he was already kind of in the scene, I guess not officially or in any big way, but there were Asians kind of incorporating uh, white, I guess, with techno and black with dancehall um, sounds with yeah. their own music. And so are you influenced by any kind of, of our sort of traditional music or our traditional sounds? I wouldn't say no. I mean, growing up, I had a very, I had a very broad sort of musical upbringing. Um, I had one brother that was really into his like grime and garage. I had one brother that was really into like his hip hop and 
he was into like he was into quite a few quite a bit he was into r&b and stuff as well and my sister was actually really into like international music more she was into she was into like her, her asian music you know like the mm-hmm. jay sean and rishi rich that kind of thing she was also into like random things like turkish music every now and then and stuff like that so i had like a really broad musical upbringing uh i wouldn't say anything's directly influenced me at the moment i mean grime at the moment i'm sort of still trying to find my my sound if that makes sense i mean yeah. I, I do I, I've, I've experimented a lot and i've played around with a lot of different sounds i don't think i've found my personal sound yet but i think out of everything i've made you, you can definitely hear inspiration from def- loads of different you know loads of different genres i listen to a lot of hip-hop i listen to a lot of grime i listen to a lot of you know even bollywood music and stuff every now and then i'd hear you know you know when you go to like asian weddings and stuff you'd hear all sorts yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I've got. You can definitely hear that in, in all of my music. There's there's definitely inspiration coming from, you know, all corners of the world. I think so. Yeah, I think when my sound, when you do start hearing my sound, you'll be able to sort of pinpoint where where I draw inspiration from. I think. And sometimes I feel like uh, grime has kind of gotten a bad rap. Excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> kind of being uh, repetitive or not very dynamic. Which right. I think it's unfair because I feel that, you know, most people who are coming from outside the scene are coming, they think they listen to one genre, i.e. rap and hip-hop, when they don't even realise that mm. the sounds that come out of that are a vast variety. So, kind of, what would you say to people who do sort of have a lot of criticism for the grime scene and the fact that it's just people kind of not being very creative, I suppose? I'd say you don't really know what you're talking about because I feel like grime is probably one of the most creative genres out there. I think, you know what it is, people tend, the people that tend to criticise it are people who don't actually listen to it. They're people that hear one or two songs and then just think, oh, they, they, they think they know the whole scene. I mean, I understand if you if you listen to just the mainstream stuff, the stuff that you hear on radio and... Mm-hmm. You know the you know the big YouTube videos that you see, the you know the really popular ones. I understand if you just listen to them and then you come across with this idea that you know all grime is the same and it's uncreative and this and that. But there's a whole underground scene out there that a lot of people don't hear and they don't realize that listen, this is this is grime and this is this is the talent. Uh, my advice to people would just be branch out and listen to real grime, listen to the radio sets, listen to. You know, the, the music videos that don't have millions of views, look at the ones that only have a few thousand views. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of creativity out there and there's there's so many people that I know that are just crazily talented in the scene and they do not get the recognition they deserve. So, yeah, honestly, for anyone that... The way I look at it as well is people who don't understand the culture won't understand the music. Um, so my advice is if you don't understand the music try and get to know the culture and if you don't like the culture then maybe the music just isn't for you you know i don't i'm not the type that has to you know that wants to make sure everyone likes what i'm doing if you don't like it that's fair enough you can you can listen to something else my what i I make music for myself and for the people that like my music really Looking at my mirror, thinking about my shattered past If I told the story, it's the time to shatter grass Cause most of the things I've been through, it's the time to shatter cast And my heart be trying to fix it, but my heart was shattered last People wanna blame me for their own mistakes Now they're trying to see me, covered in red light breaks My phone rings and I shake 
Oh for goodness sake, these pricks just wanting more of the money that I make. And speaking of the culture in and real grime, we Stormzy's album came out about what is it, three, four months ago now? Um, yeah, it was earlier this year, yeah. Yeah, it was earlier this year and a lot of people are kind of heralding him as sort of the like the the guy who's gonna bring grime to the masses, forgetting the fact that obviously Kano and Dizzy Rascal and Lethal Bizzle yeah. sort of did that way back in the early 2000s. So what was your opinion? Because when I listened to Stormzy's huh. new album, there were some great tracks on there, but a lot of the tracks yeah. were also very much not what I would call grime. So sort of what, what's, what's your opinion on, on Stormzy kind of bringing grime to, I guess, America? For the record, I do really like Stormzy and I do like his music. Mm. Um, but so do I. So do I, yeah, just for the record. That definitely, it's just because, you know what it is, a lot of people do do think that I, I, do, I don't like Stormzy and I, you know, I dislike what he, what he does with Graham. And mm-hmm. That's not the case at all, you know. I've, I've listened to Stormzy for years now. Uh, I remember when he was just doing rap before he did Graham and I thought he was one of the best rappers out there. Um, when, he's made, when he made the switch, to, I don't know if he was doing Graham back then as well, but when, when I noticed him making the switch to Graham, I realised the way he does Graham is very different. He... You know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but he caters Graham for a different audience. Yeah. You know, he, he his Graham is a lot more mainstream than, you know, most Graham artists. Graham essentially is underground music. Um, so, I mean, when he, when people say he's bringing it to the masses, masses, 100%, I agree with that because he's taking Graham to places it's never been before. You know, if it weren't for, if it weren't for you know, people like Stormzy and like what Skepta's doing nowadays... Yeah. You know, the people like AJ Tracer wouldn't be t- touring Toronto and you wouldn't have, you know, YGG and PK and them guys, you know, touring and going on Glastonbury and you wouldn't have BBK Takeover, at, you know, all these festivals, you know, stuff like that. This stuff wouldn't be happening if it weren't for those people. So I definitely do not um, say that, you know, it's a bad thing, it's a negative thing at all, but... I don't know about you know a lot of people say that these people are championing the scene there's mm-hmm. I wouldn't say they're in terms of talent I wouldn't say they're the best but historically if you look at it whenever it comes to any genre the the best aren't you aren't the people that are at the top the people at the top are the ones with the connections or the ones that you know are the most popular people or you know the, the music isn't always the most important thing so I, I just I try to bear that in mind at all times, you know. If I, I have to remind myself, you know, if people aren't liking, it, if people aren't listening, it doesn't mean you're not good. It just means that there's there's other things you need to be doing to get yourself out there. What would you say to young people listening who want to get into the scene themselves? Yeah. What would you say to them in terms of how to start off? Or... Yeah, yeah. So in terms of how to start off, how to get involved, using your own trajectory as an example. Well, the way I got involved was, like I said, you know, back in the day, it used to be school playground. We, you know, instrumentals used to get played and we just start clashing each other. You know, someone would say, you know, someone would cost you and you'd have to to cost them back and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. that's just how it kind of started off for me. I mean, I understand it won't be the same for everyone else. You know, it got serious for me because a lot of people used to just hear me, you know, freestyling on Snapchat and you on, um, sorry, Twitter and stuff. And, you know, it got to the point where people were like, you know what, you're actually really good, you should do this more seriously. So, I don't know, I mean, for other people, I, my one of my best advices to anyone would be, um, pro, hmm, I don't know, I, I'd say 
learn your craft and don't do what other people are doing just because it, what they're doing is working you know just because it works for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you and i learned that i've learned that the hard way as well you know you should be just be yourself no matter what you do a lot of people try to put on this fake persona i've seen it so much on youtube you know i've seen people on youtube that i know in real life and on mm. youtube they're they're saying all this crazy stuff and i'm looking at them thinking come on man I grew up with you I know you're not like that so what are you doing it. exactly a lot of people it's it's internet you know it's internet warriors at the end of the day yeah, I guess yeah and you do get a lot in music there's a lot of people I know even within the scene that you learn that a lot of people are just the liars they, they don't mean what they're saying mm-hmm. my number one advice is just make sure what you're saying is true make sure you're true to your word what you're like you know you're really about what you're saying and if you're not about you know that kind of life that you're trying to promote just be yourself you know there's a there's an audience out there for everyone just because you're not a gangster and you're not on road doesn't mean that you you have to you know rap about that you know you can if you grew up in a nice home and you you know you did well in school and stuff you can rap about that and there's people that will relate to that you know there's like i said there's an audience out there for everyone just be true to yourself because at the end of the day the audience especially in the uk i've noticed they want authenticity. They want yeah. they want someone that's real. And if it doesn't pay off straight away, it will pay off eventually. I mean, look at people like gigs. Look at people, these kind of people. You know, when they first started off, it wasn't working out for them. They they had a lot of they had they had a lot of trials and tribulations. They went through a lot of bad stuff before things started going well for them. But because it was all authentic and because it was all real, it eventually worked out. And that's the case with everyone. So as long as you stay true to yourself and stay true to, you know, what you're doing, it will work out. Just make sure, you know, you're not one of them liars because one day if you are lying, you will 100% get exposed at some point. And I've seen it happen to so many people and that's it. Your career is just finished. And it's brutal. And there's, there's no return. In that, exactly. In that scene, it, it's absolutely, I've seen that happen and it's, it's cringy even for me to see even though i am in no way like related to it at all but it's horrible yeah Yeah. i mean i've been i've been on a radio set where someone got sent home for lying so it is it is yeah it it can be very 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 brutal yeah um, that that is that was a funny that was a funny situation though i can't lie (laughs) well that's the thing right like you either you gotta firm it or you have to be able to like firm the comebacks the insults because that's what a lot of grime is is there is a bit of a call-out culture involved i remember oh yeah um my reintroduction into sort of the underground scene happened about three four years ago and it wasn't even with underground artists but it was with that whole uh bugsy and um chipmunk chipmunk do you remember that around 2014 2015 yeah there that's was... a funny story actually with the with run out rhythm the second disc that chip dropped i was actually meant to be in the music video for that but i was on well on the day so i wasn't there i'm glad you weren't because i'm not a fan of chip so my respect... you're not a fan of chip no. no come on he's he's north london representing you can't say that well, i'm from east london so Although i know i know being, i know that but... being said i think what bugsy's from manchester isn't it so. I think you know a lot of people hate on Chipmunk, and I, I think it's very undeserved. I think he's one of the ve- like, if not the best, he is one of the best at what he does. I think personally, and that's not just me being biased because of where he's from. Like that is me being genuine. He is like an amazing lyricist, and he he can do work on so many genres. I've heard him 
spit on so many different types of beats and make so many different types of tunes and they all you know I think I'm you know bigging him up a bit too much here now but you know I, I really do think that a lot of people hate on him unnecessarily I'll give him a second chance then you should you definitely should his, he just released his, uh, his last album yeah. I really do think you'll like it it's not all grime I think he's only got one or two grime songs on there the rest of it is like um, rap hip hoppy and I do think you'd, you'd really like it you should you should definitely check it out I will, I will, I'll check it out. So, one more question, and this kind of relates back to, again to you being British Asian. It's a very particular sort of identity because, I mean, there's Asians in Canada and there's Asians in America, and we can kind of somewhat relate as in Canadians and Americans, but uh, the sort of the British Asian psyche is absolutely different. It's its own culture, it's its own community. Yeah. I remember we spoke before about you taking an interest in your background and your history. And it's always kind of been related to sort of your family's arrival into the UK. So could you tell us a little bit about that and why you have an interest? I think it's always important to remember where you came from, because at the end of the day, where you come from is what makes you who you are. And I feel like I never really appreciated my my roots. Um, I've always sort of seen my roots as North London, because, you know, that's that's how I identify myself I guess this is where I was born I was raised you know this is the accent I use and that kind of stuff do you know what I mean um but I think when it it took it took me a while I think only about this year maybe or late last year is when I started realizing you know it's it's more than that it's it's also about where my parents have come from and what they've been through you know my mum's been through a lot my dad's been through a lot and I need to start, you know, appreciating that more because their struggle, um, even though, you know, I've been through my own struggles as well, their struggles are what got me to where I am. So, you know, maybe I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for them. So, you know, I've, I've taken a lot of interest in it. It's one of them things, you know, I've always wanted to go back um, as an adult because, you know, last time I went was a very long time ago. I can barely remember it. So I do want to go back as an adult and experience the country a bit differently and sort of take it in a bit more, you know, and un- fully understand, you know, you know, this is where my parents are from. This is where they were born. Like, I need to, you know, properly take, you know, take you know, more of an interest as well because, like you said, there's a massive difference between, um, you know, English and like the English Asians and the uh, Canadian and the Americans. And I feel like with the UK Asians, we, when we came to this country, we sort of, because the UK is a much smaller country than Canada and America. Mm-hmm. So when Asians were coming to this country, they sort of ended up settling in very dense areas uh, where they were all around each other. So you, the Asians didn't go into like these little villages up in Can- Canterbury and all that. They ended up in inner cities, you know, like East London and West London and Manchester and, you know, them kind of places. So they had a chance to grow together as a community, whereas I think in... I'm not sure about Canada, but my, from what I understand about, like, America, a lot of the Asians that arrived there, they ended up um, living in communities where... in very mixed communities, or they ended up in communities that didn't have many um, other, many other Asians at all, so they ended up, you know, maybe... not not sure about losing their own identity, but maybe, you know, they... They sort of lost their own culture a bit, I think. Men are men are men. Like, uh, you stupid. Oh, you're controlled, I said, you're stupid. Well, you 
because I'm kind of half and half. Um, yeah. I feel like what British Asians did was kind of retain their own sort of sense of, like, we're Pakistani, we're Indian, we're Bengali, etc., etc. But they can't completely kind of made that a British thing, you know, down to the fact that, yeah. like, you know, you know, Joe Bloggs down the road, who's as white as you can get, loves, like, a curry, you know, yeah. and, and knows what the language we speak because it's almost as though British Asians have kind of, turned their culture into British culture whereas I feel like in Canada you're right you know we do live in more mixed communities and that's sort of had the reverse effect where we become a lot more insular so you get people here in Canada and America who kind of uh, have the same mindset and live the same way like they did in Pakistan in the 70s which is interesting but very frustrating right and it does and it creates a lot of issues in terms of uh, kind of what the their next generation kind of views themselves as because whereas in the UK it's just like being British and Asian sort of meshes together well which I think is what allows you to blend into the grime scene so seamlessly because and I don't know correct me if I'm wrong but from what I'm gathering it doesn't feel like there's sort of a clash of identity there it's you're British, you're Asian, you're in the grime scene, this is who you are, these are all your identities. Definitely, I, I do agree with that. Um, I'd say integration, I, don't, I, feel, I feel like integration, yeah, it, is a lot, it has happened a lot more smoothly in the UK. Um, there are pockets of areas where I've noticed this, it hasn't worked out as well. Um, like for the, <laughs> you know what, you know what's very funny, I went to Bradford for the first time in my life, uh, yeah. three days ago, what day is it today? Thursday, two yeah. days ago, two days for the first time in my life, I went Bradford, and you know what? I didn't. I, it wasn't what I expected. A lot. I've heard a lot of bad stories about Bradford, and obviously the the whole integration thing. And you know what? It is true. I mean, I was going, I was driving around for a bit, and it did take me a while before I saw a non-Asian person. <laughs> there are, there are, they they have taken over the city. I can't lie. Yeah. But I mean. Yeah, even in even in Bradford, I mean, like, I went to like, uh, for example, I went into a uh, a restaurant. It's a quite a famous restaurant, I think, called Mamtaz. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was having uh, lunch there with a friend of mine and uh, one of my uncles. And yeah, we were eating in there. And while we were eating, um, this group of businessmen walked in. It was uh, about five, six of them. They were all white. And they both they all they all sat down. They were in this little table, like not far from us. So we could we could hear them talking. And uh, I remember when the waiter came over to ask for their order, and one guy was like, "Yeah, I'll have a tarkadal," and then the other guy was like, "I'll have a sagalu." And you know they were all going on. And I was just sitting there laughing, like, 
you know what? We're laughing at this, and I find it we find it funny because they're mispronouncing it. But the fact that they're here in this restaurant in this city where that is known for like its lack of integration, you know, and they're just sitting in this restaurant, you know, having a nice business meal, and they're like fully indulged in the Asian culture, and you know, they know about all these foods, and you know, they know what their favorite thing is, and that kind of that kind of thing. You know, I kind of made me realize, you know, what it's not as bad as people make up. It isn't always as bad as people make out, I should say, actually, because I have seen, you know, some of the Asian ghettos in the UK mm-hmm. and they're not the nicest of places. I mean, I personally couldn't live in any of them. Uh, I was in Dewsbury as well on the same day. And what I saw there, I mean, I looked at it and just thought, you know what? I- I've seen, you know, my fair share of ghettos in London. Um, but when it comes to an all Asian ghetto, when you have like these council houses on a massive road and everyone on the road is Asian, I, c- I don't think I could do it. I don't, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very different. It's a very different type of ghetto. It but, is, it is. But yeah. I think it is something to be said about integration in the UK. And it's not all yeah. a bad thing, especially considering kind of the climate in the UK at the moment, which is yeah. very, very anti-Muslim, anti-immigration, anti-Asian. I don't know if it is. I mean, a lot I mean, of people say that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you get that feeling when you watch the news and when you see social media. But, you know, when you're actually, you know on the streets and you're actually out and about I mean I can't speak for everyone but obviously like my own personal experience I've never experienced racism you know I have well I have experienced one uh, racism once in my life but I wouldn't say it was even that deep like you know what I mean it's I, I feel like it's all sort of perspective some people see something as a lot worse than it is it's also Sometimes. regional. It is regional because, I mean, in yeah, London, I guess. you're not going to get a lot of people who are going to be, you know, calling you Paki down the road. Yeah, I uh, guess, I guess. You know, a lot of these things happen um, sort of out where people aren't exposed and they don't have integration because, uh, you know, it's all white communities. It's all very insular communities. You know, we talk about mm. Asian ghettos, but there's absolutely such a thing as white ghettos you know? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And that's where a lot of this, it's, it's just a lack of exposure at the end of the day. And that's what the upsetting thing is, is that, you know, we're basically as an Asian or black or non-white person, you should be allowed to go anywhere and not fear that people are going to start criticising you, hurting you or whatever for mm. your apparent uh, race. It's good to hear that, you know, the grime scene is accepting and loving and... Yeah, I mean, any message to anyone that wants to be involved in the grime scene, it is, you know, it might come across, you know, it might feel very racist or you might feel like you're not accepted. But trust me, like, when it comes to grime, if you can spit on a mic, no one cares what you are. If you're brown, black, white, Muslim, Jew, you know, Hindu, whatever you are, like, you will be accepted. If you can spit on a mic, even if you're black, it's not even about sexual orientation and that kind of thing, you know, to people that feel uncomfortable in all sorts of what in all like, you know, walks of life, wherever you are, if you can spit, if you can spit on a mic uh, and you can spit out 140 tempo, you'll be accepted in the grime scene. 100%. There's no question about it. Excellent. So where can people listening find your work? Um, the best place to catch me is Twitter. Uh, at R1 Dead, that's R1 D E A D. I am going to change that at soon, but that's what it is for now. Um, my Insta is the same, my Snapchat is the same. 
Uh, you can get my my SoundCloud is R1 underscore Stainless. Um, apart from that, you can hear us every week, Tuesday 9 to 11 on Don City Radio, uh, D-O-N-C-I-T-Y radio.com. I'm not going to be on there for the next few weeks, but I'll be back on soon. Um, you can also listen to all of the old shows that we've got uh, on Mixcloud. If you go to Don City Radio on Mixcloud, uh, and type in stainless all of our shows will come up you can listen to any of the old ones we've got a lot of uh, really big sets on there if you know Graham and you know people like Flirty D and Snakey Man them kind of people we've all, we've had all of them on our show before uh, so yeah you can listen back to some of our old sets but yeah every week we've got new guests and if you love Graham you'll love the show I promise you and if you if you want to get into Graham and you want to sort of see more authentic Graham, the stuff that you don't really hear in the mainstream, the stuff that you know you you, you hear on the streets and that kind of thing, then you definitely 100% you love our show. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was really interesting to get such a unique perspective on the Graham scene. Thank you for having me. It's been nice talking about it as well. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The No Nazareth Show. I had a lot of fun researching this one and I hope you had just as much fun listening to it. Now, before I wind up the show, I have a small announcement to make. Basically, I'm switching the format from weekly episodes to bi-weekly. Basically, I just need to give myself that extra week to produce the show so that every new episode you listen to is a really good quality one. I hope you understand and I really do apologize for this, um, but you are more than welcome to yell at me. In fact, I welcome it. So the ways that you can contact me are so many ways. Uh, You can use the contact form on the website, which is nonazer.com. You can email me directly, which is the no nuzzer show at gmail.com you can tweet at me which is at the no nuzzer show and you can tag all your posts pictures and tweets relating to the show using the hashtag no nuzzer show our theme song was sung by the lovely stephanie Siao, and you can find her work in the description oh and i always forget this i don't know why i always forget it but you can follow me on facebook i also post updates about the show there and you can contact me there as well which is facebook.com slash no nuzzer show um yeah i think that's it for social media you can follow me on instagram i guess it's at bear Peng, but it's more of my personal instagram it's cool i always like you know new people following me who doesn't but that's all from me so i'll see you monday after next